Welcome to Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I am Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we're interviewing interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right. And today, we will be interviewing Dr. Nate Smith, who is the current Secretary of Health for the Arkansas Department of Health during the 2020 global pandemic of coronavirus. So, here's the interview. Welcome, Dr. Nate Smith. So, um, you are currently the Arkansas Health Department's Secretary of Health, and that's correct, right? It is. Yes. So, what exactly do you do as, um, as according to your bio, you are also the state health officer? Is that, was that all combined? Yeah, it's all combined. Basically, what it means is that I'm in charge of the health department. Uh, but also as Secretary of Health, I advise the governor on health issues. Um, so there's a role of kind of running the organization, but also uh, giving health advice to the governor and other people who need that uh, to make decisions. Great. So during the pandemic, the 2020 pandemic that we've been in during recording, um, what exactly has been your role? Well, much of our focus has been on the COVID-19 pandemic during this time. And so that's where a lot of my focus has been. The governor has had to be very, very involved in this because it's not just a health issue, not just a public health issue, but it has affected our economy, education, you know, the schools closed down. Uh, almost every aspect of our lives have been touched by this. So the governor has got to make some very important decisions. And so I've been available to him to advise him, but also uh, during his daily press briefings to be able to share the information. Of course, also um, we've had to orient our activities at the health department around testing, contact tracing, getting the message out to help our Kansans protect themselves and other people from COVID-19. Yes, sir. That's been very helpful with all of the, um, the interviews and the stuff, the weekly meetings and all of that that we've been able to see on the television. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. So as before we begin some of the other questions, um, what, what is your favorite hobby? Well, um, I haven't had a lot of time to do much else other than work lately, but um, uh, other than uh, uh, spending time at work with my family, of course, being involved at church, um, I like to run. And long distance running has been my hobby for some time, although I haven't gotten a chance to do much of it lately. Uh, but that uh, helps to relax me. It's uh, good for my health and uh, helps me to sort of um, focus and, and, um, and stay sharp mentally as well as physically. Wow, that's, that's really cool. So um, after reading your bio, I learned that you've been to Kenya several times on several different missionary trips. Um, and you served during your second term as, I believe, the country medical director for the University of Maryland School of Medicine in Kenya, and the senior medical technical advisor for the AIDS relief program in East Africa. What are both of these positions and what were your goals while you were there? Well, we, my wife and I went to, uh, went to Kenya originally as medical missionaries and we were there for four years. Um, uh, when we went back our second time, uh, the University of Maryland uh, asked me if I would be their faculty lead because they wanted to work with uh, church and mission hospitals to provide HIV care uh, using funding through 
the U.S. President's Emergency Plan for Age Relief, oftentimes known as PEPFAR. So I uh, helped to put together a team uh, to uh, work with church and mission hospitals, help train them how to provide high-quality HIV care, even in, in rural settings where you know, it, it's hard to get supplies, it's hard to do many things, uh, but we were able to help them to take care of uh, HIV patients. And um, by the time I left in 2009, we were caring for about 40,000 uh, patients living with HIV in Kenya. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you for all of that work. So let's see here. Um, again, so you mentioned being a part of the church and in your bio, again, it states that you were an ordained minister of the Anglican Church. What exactly is that position, and what what does that what do you do in that position? Well, uh, being an ordained minister is uh, not that much different from being a regular Christian. Um, uh, but uh, what that does is they um, uh, enables me to 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 teach and to. Um, help lead the church uh, in, um, in directions uh, and um, uh, accomplish its ministry in the world, uh, which in, involves um, uh, caring for other people as well as, um, uh, as, as well as sharing the gospel with other people. Yes, yes, sir. That's, yes. I'm sure that plays a lot into all of your work as an epidemiologist and an infectious disease expert. Yes, I think um, if we're to put our faith in action, it's going to look like uh, helping other people, caring for other people, uh, showing God's love for people in practical ways. And um, on the other hand, um, uh, you know, my, uh, my trust in the Lord, my faith is what gives, gives me strength for my work outside of the church. Yes, sir. So... Again, with some lighter-hearted stuff, um, what's your favorite food, and what's your favorite type of music in general? Okay, well, you know, any kind of food, if you eat too much of it, it's, it's no longer your favorite. But uh, lately, um, you know, Papa John's pizza, it's hard to beat that. Not very healthy, but um, in moderation, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it kind of hits the spot. Yes, sir, I totally know the feeling. And for your favorite type of music? Gee, I like a lot of different types of music. Um, uh, and I kind of like food. Too much of anything is, um, is, uh, is no longer a good thing. Um, but um, uh, there are some uh, Christian uh, music artists that I've listened to for years that I really like that bring me a lot of strength. Um, I like some classical music, but I also like some classic rock as well. So. Uh, my uh, my playlist is, is pretty wild and, and broad. If I put it on, uh, if I put it on, um, you know, just shuffle, boy, I get some interesting combinations. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so now I believe that you're leaving Arkansas for in a position that you were appointed to at the Center of Disease Control or CDC. Now, yeah. what position have you been appointed to, and what are you doing there? Well, this is a position as one of the deputy directors and uh, uh, it oversees, a, a, actually what a lot of people don't realize is the CDC stands for Centers uh, for Disease Control. Um, so there's multiple centers. There's, there's several centers that do different parts of, uh, of disease control and prevention. And so three of those centers uh, will be under, under 
my oversight as the deputy director. Um, that's the Center for Preparedness and Response, the Center for Global Health, uh, but also the center that works with state and local uh, health departments. That's really interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> and I believe, like you said, a lot of people don't know that because I've heard it referred to a lot as Center for Disease Control. Yeah, so it started out as one center, but it kind of kind of grew. <laughs> I'm sure it did. So this podcast is geared towards people um, being interviewed from a teenager's perspective. And one of the questions that we like to ask a lot of our interviewees or guests is, what were you like when you were 13? Boy, it's a long time ago now, back uh, when dinosaurs uh, walked the <laughs> earth. Uh, but I remember it well, because um, you always remember when you're 13. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, was just trying to survive school. Uh, I really liked music a lot, so I was in the, in the band. Um, but uh, uh, mostly trying to uh, survive one day at a time, I think, like most of your listeners. Yes, sir. What instrument, instrument, excuse me, did you play in the band? Well, I played trumpet. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, for a while, I played the baritone or euphonium, which is kind of bigger, but um, uh, trumpet was my favorite. And, um, uh, you know, I guess I was one of those uh, band geeks or band nerds. Um, uh, spent a lot of my time focused on that, but it was good. A lot of friends, uh, a lot of my friends were in band, and, and so we just had a good time. That's really cool. I play the violin. Not a lot of people know. Now, see, yeah. We didn't have an orchestra in my high school. Otherwise, I, I uh, might have been tempted to, to play violin. When I was really little, I played violin. But, um, um, uh, but uh, since there was no orchestra, I, I kind of gave it up. Yeah, that's, yeah it's, def it's definitely hard to play. And when there's not an orchestra, it's definitely hard to <laughs> go through it. So, um, now, when you are not working in the public sphere of work, what, what is the name of your job? Are you an epidemiologist? Are you an infectious disease expert? Well, I've done a, a little bit of, uh, of both. When I first joined the health department, I was, uh, I was a medical director for infectious diseases, and, and that's my training. I'm an infectious disease physician. Uh, but then um, uh, later on, I became our state epidemiologist, which means that that was my focus. Uh, the two of them are, you know, uh, go together pretty well because um, for a lot of our infectious diseases, it's important to understand how they spread throughout the population, which is part of what epidemiology does. Yes, sir. So what got you interested in, in infectious diseases and epidemiology? Well, when I was young, uh, just a little bit younger than, than you are, I, I, um, Kind of got interested in it because I, I read a biography of, of Louis Pasteur um, and uh, how he uh, basically came up with uh, a vaccine for rabies. And uh, at that time, you know, there was no way to prevent rabies. And I thought that was pretty incredible. And he was able to use his science in a way, you know, that helped, uh, you know, really over time millions of people. So uh, that was kind of interesting to me. So I kind of liked science and was uh, kind of good at math and and um, uh, so that kind of kind of led me in that direction. Yes, I've also been during the pandemic. I got really interested in infectious diseases, and I've been reading the book. I believe it's the Hot Zone is the name of it. 
mm-hmm. and listening to a podcast and that talks all about diseases. So that seemed very interesting. I read The Hot Zone, not when I was as young as you are, because it hadn't been written then, but I read it shortly after it came out, and that was pretty, pretty scary stuff. It's hard to put the book down. Um, and that got me really, really interested in not just infectious diseases, but emerging infectious diseases and, and uh, viral hemorrhagic fever. So um, I, I, I've been inspired by the same book that you have. Yes, sir. It's, that, that's a great book. There's no doubt about that. So speaking of books, throughout your life, what books have had an impact on you um, and why? Well, you know, the, the Bible has probably had the biggest impact on me. It's probably the one I have read most often and, and, and more times uh, than any. But after that, uh, there are a number of books that, um, uh, you know, big books that lots of people have read and, and small ones that no one's really uh, heard of. Again, like that uh, biography of Louis Pasteur, that really was impactful to me because, you know, it was a time when I was kind of first starting to think about what I wanted to do in life and kind of set me in a direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but some other books that um, have shaped me a lot, uh, uh, author C.S. Lewis uh, wrote a book called Mere Christianity, and that has really impacted my faith. And um, another one that has helped uh, is, is uh, a book I read called The Language of God, written by Dr. Francis Collins, who is the, the head of the National Institutes of Health a very well-known scientist, and he talked about how his faith impacted his understanding of science. And that's, that's another book that has really shaped my understanding of, of, of um, both my life as a public health physician and my life as, a, as an ordained minister. Yes, sir. Yes. So on the same, on the same line um, of things that have impacted you, what what advice would you give to teenagers? Well, advice, uh, first of all, you know, you, you're just trying to survive day to day. That's that I get that. You got to figure out how to, how to kind of, you know, you know, do, do your stuff from day to day, but, but also think big, you know, kind of don't be afraid to use your imagination and uh, not just your imagination for made up stuff, but kind of imagine what life, would be like, don't be afraid to dream big. Um, you know, you, it may not turn out exactly the way you thought it would, but, um, but it may take you someplace that turned out to be pretty interesting. Yes, sir. Well, thank you. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and, uh, uh, thank you for doing this. That's uh, part of dreaming big and putting your dreams into, into action. Yes, sir. Thank you. fascinating interview. It was cool to get a look into his personal life because I personally know him as the Secretary of Health for the Arkansas Department of Health and I've been watching him on TV and it's really cool to see some of his hobbies and some of some stuff that he some other stuff that he does. Yes because in Arkansas we have this weekly coronavirus thing where the governor and his health advisors including Dr. Nate Smith and a few other people get up and talk about the current situation and what phase rent and whatnot. This is actually a very timely thing. So yeah, it's I I thought it was really cool that he does long distance running. 
that was really fascinating. I could, personally, I could never do that. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> and that he likes classical music and classic rock. That shows that he's very diverse interests. <laughs> yes, totally. So, yeah, it's, a, and also, he played the trumpet when he was, when he was a kid. That's impressive. The trumpet is hard. <laughs> yes. Trumpet's a hard instrument. But I think it's also cool that he is an ordained minister. Yes, and then that led him, actually, I don't know the exact timeline, but I know that he went on several missionary trips to Kenya, which I think is so cool. And he and his wife went as the medical missionaries, and they just took care of people. I know that he also went um, with the AIDS relief program and with the University of Maryland, and he organized some people there. So I thought that was so interesting. It is and cool. Sp- speaking from someone who is never been out of the country I think that'd be really cool to have that experience but personally what I thought the most interesting thing was about his interview was his advice to I all personally I set my sights very high and it was cool (laughs) to get some like to get reaffirmed that yeah do it like you may want to be the first person to walk on Mars you may want to be a doctor you may want to be a fashion designer whatever you want to do go for it. You can do it. Just work hard and you'll accomplish what you want to do. Oh yeah. So I thought that was so, that was, I totally agree with you. It was basically, even though you're just trying to survive on day-to-day basis <laughs> and get your sign, um, homework assignments turned in and all that, just dream big and yeah, take risks now while you can afford it. But before we leave you guys, we have one last thing. So we hinted that Maddie will actually be reading a lot of the books that were recommended to us, and we have delivered. So Maddie, where are you? Yeah, so I am reading the book that was recommended last episode by Mr. Porter Briggs, and it is called Death Comes for the Archbishop. Um, and so if you are planning on reading this book and don't want any spoilers, I would pause the podcast and get off now (laughs) so the entire book is about these two men one of them is called jean la jean marie latour and father joseph and they're bishops and they recently moved to the state of new mexico this is in the 1850s and new mexico has just joined the united states so there are a bunch of mexicans who don't really know how to do a way of life and they are persecuted and abused and so they they are going there to help them. So they live in Santa Fe, and they've gone on lots of what you could call them missions or excursions to try to help people. So one of them was they were riding in the rain on this long expedition, and they come across this wooden shack on the edge of the woods. So they have to stop, and they knock on the door, and this American comes out. And they're a little hesitant about going in, but they end up going into his house, and they meet this his a Mexican woman in his house and she signals to them and slits a finger across their throat signaling that he's going to kill them and so they leave before he can shoot them and the woman ends up escaping and tells them all about how he's killed countless people that have come to his doorstep and abused her so they end up they give her a job with some of the nuns that work at their um that in Santa Fe with them and so they're going through just improving lives Right now, currently, they've been going around baptizing children, performing marriages, and just helping all of these 
Mexicans who live in New Mexico. And so I'm currently about halfway done with the book. So right now, he, his friend, Father Joseph, has gone off to this village to help because there are a lot of people, there are a lot of sick people. And so it ends up that Father Joseph himself um, gets very, very, very ill. Um, and so, um, Jean, the bishop, Bishop Jean, M- J- Bishop Jean Marie Latour goes off to, with, to his, find his guide to try to go and rescue Father Joseph. And I'm not going to say any more. You need to read it for yourself, but that's where we are in the book. And I will be finishing the book later this week. So if you're wanting a full summary and some information on how to get it, go to our website at aimingforthemoon.com and click on blog. And later this week, there will be a summary of The Death Comes for the Archbishop. So, yeah. Yep. Maddie's opinion's coming to town. (laughs) And don't forget, everyone, to subscribe, comment, and, you know, share it around. We really, really would appreciate that, and it really helps our podcast. So, thanks for listening. And don't forget, set your sights high (laughs) and aim for the moon.